Hey guys, it's Liz Kelly. Right in time for the holiday season, the Ringer's merch store has tons of new stuff. And right now, almost everything on the site is 20% off, including your favorites like Binge Mode and Ringer NBA. And for the first time, we are introducing brand new merch for NBA Desktop, Shea Serrano's Villains, and Bill's Parent Corner. This Black Friday Cyber Monday sale lasts until Monday, November 26th. You can check it out on theringer.com slash shop. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Rose Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's a surreal WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're listening to this. You're YouTube. listening to. And you are listening to. You're listening, you're listening, you're listening, you're listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm your host, David Chumikin. Um Heel producer Jim is sitting here with me. We just had the most incredible Survivor Series weekend. Jim? Yep. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rank your Survivor Series weekend? Uh, well, You'd... I didn't go to anything. <laughs> I just so... wanted you to say that out loud. <laughs> yeah, I invited Jim, by the way. He true. was busy doing his gym stuff. Yeah. Um, what a weekend that was. Let's start off with the biggest news of the weekend which is really hard to pin down. The weekend was the news. But uh, we had two Gigano champion versus, well, not really champion versus champion matches. So let's start with the champion versus champion match. We talked about last week how this was being set up, and it sort of lived up to expectations in terms of my pick, my prediction, and just the general pomp and circumstance. But man, Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar was way better than I thought it would be. They did this weird thing where, like, they let us believe that it was going to be a throwaway sort of meaningless match for about two thirds of the match. Mm-hmm. Is that the vibe that you got when you were watching yeah, it? Just a full on squash. Which they yeah, they did. They, and they gave Brian that little hope moment at the very beginning. And you're like, okay, well, that's just all they're going to give him. And this is all going to be for Brock. And then they just sort of in the third act just had this great gear. I mean, they just went to this, this, this second gear where it was just like a whole lot of fun. I don't know. The whole thing was it was really, really cool. Brock won. Daniel Bryan uh, looked better for it. There were complaints online that they should have put Daniel Bryan over. Um, there have been there has been that complaint in uh, after every wrestling show for the past ten years. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I get the case for letting Daniel Bryan win. You know, he sort of just got a heel turn. He's getting a push, whatever that means. Um. Didn't you pick Daniel Bryan to win? Oh, did I? I think so. So your no way. I didn't pick Daniel Bryan. Your prediction Bryan. of everything's going to happen that you said was going to happen well, is wrong. No, since it's impossible to listen to last week's episode, yeah. so the internet deletes everything exactly. a week after it happens. <laughs> then, uh, then no, that's not that. That's not what I picked. Regardless, Brock winning was the expect the the expected outcome, and that's what happened. Daniel Bryan looked great though, and Daniel Bryan's promo on Tuesday night, I think, was the only thing that happened this week that really moved the ball that made me that sort of or that that I you know I guess Charlotte's thing was it was pretty good Smackdown overall did more to build off of Survivor Series than anything on Raw um, 
but yeah, that it was just a really, really good match. And um, you found a great photo of me watching that match, which was yeah, great. That was hilarious. You screen grabbing it's from a screen grab. We'll put it up on Twitter. I'm going to go through my entire weekend after we talk about this match and and the and the Ronda Rousey match. Um, the Charlotte Flair match, the the, the Rousey Flair showdown, but uh, so I'll have more to say about my seats and everything else, which I know you guys have been waiting to hear. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was really fun, man. It was a great, it was a, it was a really cool capper to what what ended up being, um, the the. I mean, here's this is all this is I think the the best thing you can say about Survivor Series is that the debate coming out of Survivor Series, walking out the door of all of the things that wrestling nerds could have been debating the one that people the, the the thing that people kept talking about were trying to figure out was whether or not survivor series was better than nxt takeover and the fact that that was even a conversation amongst the sorts of people who were spilling out of that arena i think says all you need to know about how good survivor series was yeah that's a win for that's a WWE. huge win yeah how worried were you Watching Daniel Bryan take those German suplexes. I'm in a weird the back of his head. I'm in a like, weird place with Daniel Bryan because yeah, I was it all a work, his retirement and things. I mean, to let him get thrown onto his head like well, here's that the thing. Seems Here, like here's a bad the idea. Here's the thing with Daniel Bryan. Yes, it, it was worrying, and they were deliberately working that, just like they were messing with. They were kind of teasing us with the structure of the match and everything else. I was there with. Um, Bill Simmons, who some of you may have heard of, um, he gives me wrestling tickets along with shout out a monthly paycheck. Shout outs to Bill, L- young Bill Simmons, I mean young Ben Simmons and uh, nephew Kyle, who were there on se- on fr- Sunday. Happy birthday, Kyle! Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, they were uh, Bill was Bill was visibly uncomfortable with Daniel Bryan getting thrown on his head. I bet a lot of people were. Everybody there was. I'm in this weird netherworld with Daniel Bryan where I I find it really d- discomforting when they when they play around with head injuries and so does WWE for the record. We will talk more about that in just a second. But Daniel Bryan had to pass so many tests to get back into WWE that I mean obviously I don't know like the minute details of them but I know what they were, had been putting him through up until that up until his first retirement and I know that they had been keeping him on, I mean, that they had been asking just ridiculous. I mean, just uh, second opinions, third opinions, fifth opinions. And it's not even. It's like it's like if you, it would be like if you, you know, if a if a basketball player broke his leg or something, and in order to let him back on the court, they had they were like, we're going to run you over with a car to make sure your leg is okay. I guess that sort of defeats the purpose. But he was having to do. I mean, he had to pass every test a million times. Yeah, would he pass those tests today or Monday like, morning? That's a great I mean, question. I don't um, know. No, I mean, I think if he had been, if he was, it, it it wasn't comfortable. But I think that that was, you know, that's that was that was the point of the match. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, watching those, it was just the first one, really. The first one he landed weird, and I, and all of them are pretty bad. You land, you land on the back of your head. Well, you land on your shoulder and you roll over. Well, it's anyone not can do that. Great. Please, I'd rather take an F five. Um, and on my hands. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> and some guy threatened us on Twitter, say you should try taking one of those. I'm like, okay, buddy. I still think that guy was wrong, right? I mean, he said something like, "You try to fall, but six he was feet face down." I'm like, yeah, I've done that, like onto concrete before. It's he's okay. yeah, he's talking about. Was he talking about, about kayfabe? He, no, I think he was talking about just in real life, like what would hurt more. And I would rather have my hands to break the fall than land on the back of my head. Well, in There's kayfabe, a reason, reason you, you can't punch someone in the back of the head. And like boxing, 
Daniel Bryan got some good stiff forearms to the side and back of the head in right. that match. That was that was the that was the coolest gift that was getting passed around after the show was like how just stiff he was working with Brock and how Brock was clearly okay with it because Daniel Bryan's still alive. Um, I like the, the gif of the guy's reaction, just like what the and he puts his hand up. That guy is <laughs> famous hero. now. He's a pure, he's an American hero. <laughs> I did talk to somebody afterwards because we last week we talked about kind of what got us here because Daniel Bryan obviously just won the WWE title on on um, Tuesday before the big show and I think that a big part of it was Becky Lynch is out we need some hype we need some surprise there was I didn't read I, I didn't actually read if Meltzer or anybody else TikToked this or, or hadn't so so forgive me if I'm just repeating or totally contradicting people but I definitely heard from people that it was a reaction to Becky that they you know they knew that they, they knew they needed something I definitely heard from people that my theory was that there was some subs that there was something to my theory that Daniel Bryan was supposed to win at Crown Jewel, but I don't think that that had been solidified by the time he he backed out. But I think that that was definitely an, an option at that point. And I heard a theory from someone who should know, but this was totally a theory. The person made me made it very clear that it was not based in fact. But a theory from someone who's, who works with both these people that that uh, Brock, it seemed like it seemed very feasible to him that after since they decided Brock was going to win at Crown Jewel kind of at the last minute, and then mm-hmm. at that point that Brock might have requested Daniel Bryan because at this point he's sort of like checking off legacy boxes. He you know, he worked with AJ right. last year. Now he wants this Daniel Bryan match. As good as Survivor Series was. You think it was missing AJ Styles? Well, and that was the other thing is that AJ's should have figured out a way to work him in. I that was a really weird. Well, AJ would have just gotten. I think I feel like AJ almost would have gotten squat. Well, I don't know. Maybe not true. He would have just been put in. But the he's. Match. But now he. But it was almost like this was the plan for a while because AJ's like fully on vacation, didn't work SmackDown, and is renegotiating his contract. And he he apparently is trying to get like the. Where is he like? North Carolina, watching Georgia, I think, but but no, no, but he's a but but he wants a he wants sort of a part timer contract, which would be who doesn't, yeah, exactly, um, yeah, man, it's funny how well guys can do when they get some time off, but but AJ's been carrying the you know SmackDown brand for so long, and and I can see why he'd be, I mean, what they should do is bring him to give him bring him to Raw and give him that contract, you know, there's a little bit NXT. Just come in and dominate everyone. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, that would I mean that would be that would be super fun. I don't think they should bring him to Raw to take him away from SmackDown. I want to make this clear. I think that he's probably uh, a great fit for SmackDown on Fox. All right. But I was sort of fantasy booking for a number of reasons what what that show might look like over the weekend, what that Fox show might look like, and I think that that um, I wouldn't mind AJ getting a run on Raw if it meant like. Finn Balor gets t- takes his spot on SmackDown. You know, someone else who has a little bit of a higher ceiling and a potential to like really own a show, you know, to, to for the first time. Anyway, uh, Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair was another giant surprise uh, in terms of scheduling um, because that happened kind of at the last minute and then booking. Um, we got a really good match out of those two. Yeah, uh, but even before again before of that third act where Charlotte went bananas and started assaulting Ronda with a that kendo stick and yeah. then later a chair, she went full like Ken Shamrock or 
Uh, Steve Blackman was bonkers, man. But yeah, it reminded me of uh, (coughs) Shamrock when he used to just do the yell. I'm not sure if the the amount of like mass that a person has really makes it make any makes a kendo stick hurt more or less. Uh, This is the sort of argument that wrestling fans get into after wrestling shows when they've had a couple of beers. Um, I don't think it matters that much because Charlotte just wailed on her. Yeah, doesn't matter if the kendo stick is made out of. What like styrofoam that would that would have hurt? They meant yeah, she had welts all over. Her. Oh yeah, she looked bad. Yeah, I mean in a cool way. But no, she was bleeding from her mouth too. A lot of blood. So ever yeah. since Becky busted, got her face busted open. Obviously, when they showed the replays of that on SmackDown, it was the, they did the black and white thing, which they which they're gonna do. Ah, but ever since you then, think that wasn't just for a dramatic effect. They just they also do it because they don't want blood. Oh no, they've been doing that for years. Liquid. Mm. Um. But there, there's been a lot of blood. There was blood yeah. in the. Was Ronda bleeding out of her mouth even yeah. before yeah, that, that thing? Was like inadvertent. To and then, uh, wait, what else happened? Braun Strowman was like busted open on, like busted his elbow open really bad on Raw, mm-hmm. but then managed to smear the blood onto his face. Nice. Was somebody bleeding on SmackDown too? I feel like there was. Or am I thinking of another show? Maybe was there some? Was there blood at NXT? There's been there's been a lot of blood lately. All the blood's blurring together. Yeah. Um. But the big, I mean, I think the big takeaway from Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey was that that fight's not over. And we saw that from um, Flair's promo on Tuesday and prior to that, Ronda Rousey's promo on Monday night that this is a, this feud is, is, uh, is ongoing. I was joking after Survivor Series that I want that the I wanted Stephanie just to open up open raw by just saying like, incidentally, the brand split for women is over. We'll, <laughs> we'll do, we'll do, we'll deal with the logistics later on. Yeah. Um, because people were right to point out, I mean, a lot of people point out, but people were right to point out that when, when, uh, when Rousey and her promo was like, somehow, some way I'm, I'm going to find you Charlotte Flair and we're going to finish what we started last night. It's just like somehow, some way, like she's like, even in kayfabe, you are aware that she's wrestling there tomorrow. Like she has a job right in the same room, in the same ring that you're in right now. All you have to do is come back. They're probably staying in the same hotel on the same floor also. Well, even in kayfabe, in kayfabe, they're probably not in kayfabe, you know, Airbnbs. No, in kayfabe, Charlotte probably had to move to the heel hotel after Sunday night. Nice. Don't you think? Yeah, maybe. They had what to, like, would the heel hotel be? That haunted hotel downtown LA? Yes. Yeah. The, the Figueroa? No, the Cecil, it used to be called. Really? Yeah. Where is that? Like on, it's on, on uh, now uh-huh. it's called Stay on Main or something, and it's what American Horror Story Hotel or whatever that was called. Really? Was based on. Yeah. Can you stay there? I guess you can if yeah. it has a new name. But um, it's where the, what was his name? The Strangler, Robert Ramirez or whatever his name was. He lived there. A bunch of people have been killed there. That girl was found in the water tank a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was there. That's where the heels stay. WWE. Man. Hotel Figueroa. It really feels bad that they got left out. Cecil Hotel. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We're going to go. Next time I'm in LA. I've, I've, bring, I've brought my... Any, anytime a hotel has a, sub, has a subsection on the Wikipedia page titled Reputation for Violence and Suicide, then you know it's a good yeah. place to stay. Exactly. Uh, everybody stay there. The heels. I'm, that's my official endorsement of the week. So that match was fantastic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind a little bit and let's just go through the weekend because you were asking me how my weekend was and because and, you weren't there for most of it. I was just being polite. I, w- I went out to LA. Really care. It was a good week. So I, I, went, I flew out to LA, got to hang out with the Ringer crew some. Bill and I uh, went to a 
meeting with some WWE people. He talked about a lot of this on the show. But we went to, we, we were, Bill and I, let's just, I'll just say this. this. This is my favorite story of the week. And I don't think I told you this last week. We were, we were at a, I'll say a talent hotel, mm-hmm. a hotel with some WWE folks staying at it. Bill and I are standing out front, just getting out of the car. And I look over and about a hundred feet away, there is a well-built 60 something year old man with like, like leathery brown skin, bleach blonde, long hair, uh, black on like his shirt. His black shirt is unbuttoned to his, to his belt. Amazing. His chest is showing his sunglasses on. He's smoking a cigarette. Vince Neil. And I was just like, what wrestler is that? Because, you know, you go to these things and it's all like every wrestler from your child, at least for like WrestleMania and SummerSlam, I'm like, well, who is that guy? Or I'm just looking at him and we're like, kind of walk like slow walking so we can get a better look because it's like our first sighting of the week. And I was just like, oh, shit, that's Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And it actually was Dog the Bounty Hunter. We wow. like went into the hotel bar. His wife was in there. He came in and sat down. Beth was her name. Beth. Beth. <laughs> um, is that show still on? I don't think so. He had some legal England, trouble. But yeah. he's, he's hanging out at fancy hotels. I'll tell you that. I loved him. Um, but yeah, so that was my first sighting of the weekend. Um, second sighting was on Saturday. The second time I saw a famous person <laughs> over the weekend was on Saturday. I went with the great Mark Titus of the ringer.com, one trending podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, wonderful writing as well. Um, we went to NXT on Saturday, and as we're, we just hop out of the, an Uber and are walking up to, to grab tickets, and uh, this guy walks past me in red plaid pants with his with like his black hair slicked back and sunglasses, and I was like, "What mid level like ska rocker is this?" And then I notice the dude has like a giant neck wound, and I was like, "Oh fuck, that's David Arquette." Because David wow. Arquette had wrestled a death match the night before. Right. And got his neck like torn the F open. Wow. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, there's many articles on the internet about it. And I recommend that you do not watch the GIFs or the videos attached oh. to the tweets. Um, it was gross. Yeah. I actually think that the Squared Circle Reddit banned videos of it. Because it wow. was just so... Because but basically, like, the story with Arquette is that... I mean, the story of that match is that he got thrown in at the last minute. It was supposed to be... Who is it supposed to be? And whoever was supposed to be wrestling that death match couldn't make it for for whatever reason. David Arquette was the... And this was at Joey Janela's LA show. And Joey Janela's shows are full of both... every All varieties of indie wrestling or wrestling in general, but also a lot of like... Um, sort of loving, irreverent throwbacks. It's like you'd have a, you could have a match with like, you know, the gobbledygooker and then a match... Then like a legit death match comes on right after it, and then like Finnegan, uh, Finnegan, Pentagon and Phoenix are wrestling just like a you know five star match after that. It's just a it's a kind of a, it's a it's a good mix. But so anyway, they threw David Arquette in, in a move that sort of made a sort of you know a sort of nostalgic sense. And Arquette's been been actually wrestling a lot lately. He's he's become a real wrestler, but he just got. Uh, lightning rotted like straight up in the neck and like something happened with like he reacted to it badly like Mm -hmm. he like turned into it he kind of like fell away from it and then yeah and then yeah something for Joey Ryan by the way oh that's right what was wrong with Joey Ryan did he get hurt I'm not sure threw out his back uh, trying to stand up with that thing in his pants Um, I believe that is indeed what happened (laughs) 
But, you know, David Arquette has subsequently apologized that he'd never, uh, never do a death match again, apologized for fans of the industry because they gave the industry a black eye because he's such a big name, you know, that everybody said so, so, uh, everybody was aware of this. Nick he's Gage. The, he's the face of professional wrestling, David Arquette. Yeah, now he is. Uh, Nick Gage, who's the guy who was wrestling, was a notorious death matcher. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think. I know that part of the allure of these things is that like there's always the deathmatch guy you always has the reputation of someone who might lose his mind and actually hurt somebody but that makes everything not fun. Yeah. And Nick Gage is a little bit more self-aware than that but not a lot. That's just like he spent time in jail and that's sort of his gimmick and whatever. It's a whole thing sort of weird. Um, speaking of which, do you see that thing in Mexico where the guy got a cinder block thrown in his head? No, you mentioned that. I have not seen it. <laughs> that happened. Um, that was like another uh, a death match in Mexico where, or death, I don't even know if death match is the right thing. It's a hardcore match and a dude uh, just got just got mad that he took his too stiff of a chair shot and threw a, it was not even a cinder block, it's a concrete block because it doesn't have the holes, like the like yeah. the honeycomb of a cinder block. Right. And he threw a freaking concrete block out of the ring to his opponent who was on the floor walking away and not aware that it was coming and knocked him out. Yeah. And now that guy's like banned from wrestling in Mexico. So that's mm. that's a positive move. Um, Cuervo is the guy who got hurt. And the guy that threw it is... Is that one of the... Go, it, it's like Angel E. Demonico or something like that. Angel O. Demonio. Um, what would you say? Is that one of the Migos? One of the Migos. The Migos, who was Cuervo? it? Cuervo? I don't know. One of the Migos was there, right? On a Survivor Series. Probably. I don't remember seeing I think Sway that. Lee was there. Hmm. You probably assume that nephew Kyle was the one who pointed him out. Oh, definitely. Um, or Ben. Yeah. Simmons well, Ben would have had to fan. see over people to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was that was. Whew. Again, don't look that up online. Although that one's like not grotesque. It's just it's just kind of just unsettling. Yeah. So then NXT happens. So we go to NXT. And we'll skip that. I'm just kidding. Uh, NXT <laughs> happens and. Uh, the show opens up with Matt Riddle. So Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono did happen. I don't know anything about the booking there because they were, they were supposedly going to do that as a pre-show match and show it later, and then they actually just had it, um, which I think probably had something to do with the confusion that I was expressing last week on the show, where I was like, "Wasn't this? Isn't this match on the show?" They, right. So they basically just did a five-second squash where where they jawed each with each other on the mic, and then um, Riddle just. I think Cassius Ono was trying for the surprise. Yeah. TKO and then Riddle just kneed him in the face and then that was it. I liked um, uh, Riddle jumping and kicking off his flip flops. Oh yeah, that's a great look. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Here's my thing with Matt Riddle. I love Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle made a little bit more sense on the Indies and and it's he way more so than Keith Lee and some of these other guys. I'm surprised they haven't tried to sort of uh, deconstruct and rebuild the gimmick a little bit. And there's still tons of time to do that. Maybe they will, but. Remember when I first would talk about Marty Skrull back in the day when I'd see him in like PWG and um, and I said like he was like uh, if you just went into your parents' attic and came out trying to play a heel or something like he just had a like <laughs> it was, he's just sort of like a box of gimmicks put together and now he's he's refined it a lot and he's fucking amazing I mean he was always amazing um, but uh, Riddle's like that too like Riddle's hard to describe to somebody and par- and it's not that he's a bad character he's being himself and that's what he's just like a couple of degrees more complicated more human than like your average wrestling gimmick but I was trying to explain him to other people and I was like well he's like a bro king of bros huh king of he's bros. the king of bros but he's like an MMA fighter 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's sort of like stoner surfer. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a Huntington Beach bro. I mean, that's the way to describe him. He's just mm-hmm. like, he's he's from, looks like he came from money and he's just like really bro and did some MMA and now he's a wrestler. And it all sort of makes sense after you watch him a couple times. But but like the bro thing, I think sort of undermines the, you know, the serious fighter gimmick. Not in a bad way. It's just like it plays yeah. against it. Yeah, I know. And um and then also the long hair and just generally how good looking he is. Right. Is just a little bit unsaid. Like in any other era of wrestling, all the rest of that shit would get thrown out right. and he would get, you know, a pair of briefs and, and, uh, it'd be like Shawn Michaels, sexy boy type. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, so there's, a, so there's just a lot going on, but he's really good. And, um, you know, I can't wait to see. I can't, I mean, I just can't wait to watch him. He, he fits, he, he's going to be great. Um, and Why clearly do- they care enough about him to give him that little spot. I mean, they gave him a mic. It wasn't just him coming out of the back and getting the pop. He, they, right. he got to talk. But why do you think they just went with such a quick match for that? Are just to hype the crowd. It's only f- it was only four matches. They knew they had a full card. Yeah. But they just wanted something to get the crowd going. And it, and they needed to get the crowd live because they were about to go into a three. Out of, they opened the show with a two out of three falls match, which oh, is just okay. like almost by definition. <laughs> Bad idea. To open the show because right. you're because you know that nothing it's you know the first twenty minutes of the match doesn't matter exactly for the first ending of the falls, match yeah, yeah. Um, so I think they should have to pop the crowd and it was nice to see I mean it was just a cool it was a cool moment and also it was just a cool like you know NXT is obviously is is very like self serious at times on these on the big shows and this was another just kind of old school wrestling throwback to show that you can just kind of do you know. You can just have a promo and just have a cool moment. But yeah, it was so there was that, and then there was the two out of three falls match, which was really good. Um, I mean, just really, really well done. It felt like we're, you know, we're sort of at the end of this feud, and who knows, maybe we're not, but but going in, it did sort of feel like this is one of those NXT blow-offs, like the last Sasha Bailey match or whatever, where you're just like, this is more about the appreciation of the performers than it is about storylines moving forward. Right. Um but the whole thing was really, really good. It was really well booked. You know, it was it was a clean finish, but it still had enough of the outside stuff that I think you can say that Kyrie Sane, like, I mean, she looked great in the match. I don't think yeah. she came out looking weak. No, I mean, she got her finish her finisher on and just got it reversed. That was it. Right. That one move on the apron on the outside of the ropes. Wait, which or, one? I think Baszler tried to. I guess she was going to suplex her or something, and then. Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane kind of fell to the ground and turned it almost into like a DDT. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Apron. That was, was fantastic. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, and Kyrie Sane weirdly looks. I mean, she look. She somehow looks way more legit. I don't know if it's I'm just used used to watching her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's clearly put on some mass since she debuted. When she debuted, she looked like like a young child in a wrestling ring. But she's 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 great, man. Yeah. Her elbow drop in a, in, in a wrestling world that suddenly has lots of elbow drops or several of them anyway. Yeah. She hers looks so amazing the way oh, that like she pulls that off. Legs up, yeah. Um, so you like that reversal though? I mean, getting hit by the elbow drop to turn it into that. Yeah, I thought it was great. I, I actually didn't rewatch it, so I, don't, I mean, I assume it looked good, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but her elbow to the outside of the ring was super cool, and then that big finish. I don't know. I mean, I, I like that they kind of have that they have. Baszler, I mean, uh, Duke and Shafir are now like part of this posse. Mm-hmm. They look great. 
I really want those let's fight, let's play shirts. <laughs> um, I don't know if they're selling those or not. I guess I'm, I, I assume not because they, there's two different shirts, but, um, but they just look, I mean, they look fantastic. They're going to be a lot of fun. And eventually if they team up with Rousey, it'll be even more fun. Um, well, who knows if it'll be more fun, but that'll be a fun gimmick when it happens. And then the Dakota Kai, um, Io Shirai thing, this little team kick or whatever. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, maybe they'll have a little, it made me wonder why they didn't do a women's war game games match on this show instead of that. But I guess we'll get to the war games match. Those things are a lot of fun. It's really cool to see the cages lower. Weirdly, like now we have a couple years of, uh, of history and it almost makes you feel like Vince was right to not ever go back to war games. <laughs> I don't think they're bad matches by any stretch, but it's like, but we, but those two, I mean, the past two war games matches have been like two of my least favorite takeover matches. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool to see, um, Ricochet do like a nine eighty or whatever yeah, off the top of a cage. Yeah. Yeah. That looked crazy. But yeah, I mean, even that from where I was sitting, um, I had like the worst seats for that. Cause I just kind of saw him land on his feet. Like I was, mm-hmm. you know, it was, but it was, but even that was awesome. Yeah. Um, I was right. One thing I was right about in my in, in last week's episode was that Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano was going to be the match of the weekend. Yeah, that match was that's your fantastic. Vote? Yeah, that was fantastic. I mean, there are a lot of good matches, but I loved that match. That's one of those matches, and this happens a lot with these on these NXT shows. That was one where it's just like my best. The best thing I can say about it is just please just go watch it if you haven't seen it, and if you ha- and if you weren't even if you weren't impressed by it, go watch it again because you're wrong. Um, it was so good. <laughs> We were talking before about guys having part-time schedules. I don't know how many times it has to happen that like a terrible injury befalls a great performer like Alistair Black, and then they come back looking really great physically, and everybody's like, wow, he looks really good. And it's like, yeah, this is what happened. What happened if a guy whose job is being in shape got a month and a half off? Yeah. It would just be better for the business. Well, hopefully they'll listen to you. Lord knows it. Looking at Alistair Black, I thought of, um, I like his gimmick, and I thought, you know who could pull off a good Alistair Black Halloween costume? You? Me. (laughs) I was thinking maybe. That's what I first thought of, but uh, the Brian Campbell. Oh, yeah. That's true. that be good? Brian Campbell, yeah. Yeah, he should do Alistair Black for Halloween. Um, Does Alistair Black have more tattoos than he used to, too? I couldn't quite tell. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of ink, that guy. Yeah. but he looked fantastic. Somebody said this weekend was talking about him was like the, who wasn't actually a huge fan because they thought they're just they weren't in like the goth gimmick is what they saw. But they're like the past basically since his last since he got hurt uh, or the, or I guess the run right before he got hurt. But it's just like he's not he's not like a one dimensional guy. You know, he's just not like the Undertaker, one of the Undertaker's cronies or something like he right. just this he he just sort of like he's like a real human version of whatever you think this gimmick is. And it's really cool. And he kicks like a mother, man. Yeah, everything is so good. Um, and Gargano's amazing too. I was explaining to nephew Kyle on night two how like wrestling worked, and the thing that he was mo- this is <laughs> I was thinking about this watching watching um, uh, Gargano's fantastic. The the thing I was watching I was thinking about Aster Black. I kind of these memories are mushing together, but the but Kyle really thought that there were sound effects. Really? Well, they do the slap. like to No, but yeah, but he slap. at first was talking about when they land on the ring, it was it was artificially loud. And I'm like, yeah, there's microphones under the ring. Yeah. I mean, that's like, 
it's made louder, but that's really the sound of them falling because he thought there was somebody sitting with like a soundboard live. Some yeah, genius. He's like, you get man. Does someone like, ever get fired for missing the button? <laughs> he's like the Mozart of uh, the soundboard. Um, but then, I mean, I think he was probably more impressed by that in the slaps than he was like when he when he realized that it was like fake, but they do it themselves. Yeah, that's more impressive than like if this were like a you know superhero movie or something yeah some of those kicks like i try and see where they uh clap like their thigh or whatever they do and sometimes i couldn't even see it I'm it's like, the greatest misdirection in the world because like, your eyes are necessarily following the kick so if you're like slack even if you there's some some people i don't like when you can see it too much yeah um some of those guys you like can't see it it's like man that clap was that just his face yeah, I used to. I used to. That used to be my complaint about about um, Roddy Strong. Whenever I would see him in indie matches, that he would like. You, it was just really clear. He would do like the running knee, and he would slap his thigh like four inches from the knee, from where the knee was supposed to be making contact with the guy's face. Because it's like he was doing the running knee into the corner where he you 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 end in the same position in the striking right. position. And uh, and yeah, when you but like so when the misdirection doesn't work, it's really galling you know you're like come on sometimes it's the person getting hit that actually does the slap slap isn't the right word though what is the what when you slap your leg yeah it's called something else when you do it my stuntman friends would be pissed i don't know what this is called you have stuntman friends yeah champa versus velveteen dream was amazing amazing um champa is just the best I hope he's champion of NXT for like 18 years. Mm-hmm. That dude, it's just hard to believe that dude, like re- like he retired. Like ten, like a long ass time ago he retired. Mm-hmm. I saw his return match at, in Ring of Honor. And everybody was really excited to see him back, but like half the people there, a quarter of the people there, like didn't really know who he was. And he's great. And you could even watch him then just be like, yeah, I can understand why a guy who's like, you know, his size and whatever, like would just get disenchanted and not think there was a big future for him. And then WWE, I mean, listen, WWE is, I I get the criticism that they're signing too many people. They just signed. um, Embarrassment of riches. Huh? Embarrassment of riches. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, They just signed Silas Young, apparently, or they're about to sign Silas Young, according to the torch. I don't know if I've talked about Silas Young on this sh- on this podcast very much, but I love Silas Young's gimmick. Um, and Ring of Honor is like the last real man. I mean, it's he's like a whole lot of fun to watch, and I really enjoy. I mean, I just really enjoy him. I mean, I, I got. I, I mean, I think he's. I, I I think he's really fun. He's he's you know, he's got a great look that I wish more wrestlers had of just like tough and hairy and mustachioed and everything <laughs> else. But like, you know, I I kind of thought he might never get signed because he's a little bit smaller and doesn't have a big upside. I mean, he's probably 38 or 40, 42 or something like that 30, now. 39. Right. It's a good guess on my part. There's an old match with him in the, uh, who did he wrestle back in the day? He wrestled in ECW, WWE's ECW. I think the Miz. Mm-hmm. Like if you Google, if you Google his name in WWE, you like a mat, the, the thing, a match will come up. Um, where, but he just looked like, he looked like James, James Ellsworth or, I mean, not, not that bad. And I guess we shouldn't be talking about James Ellsworth anymore, but the, uh, <laughs> but he looked like one of those like local jobbers that like, you know, that Braun Strowman would squash back in the day. Right. All that's to say, I love Silas Young and I get the, I get the complaint that people make that WWE is just trying to 
destroy the and, and destroy American indie wrestling by signing everybody. You just gotta look at a guy like Champa, who's just like who had no. You think Champa had more upside than Silas Young? I mean, when he got signed by WWE, than Silas Young does now. When him when him and Gargano showed up for the for the Dusty Classic to do be a tag team, I mean, no, you just gotta like be be willing to. I mean, some of it's still luck, you know. I mean, that's how wrestling works. And but, but WWE will give you or NXT anyway will give you the opportunity. Um, I just closed the tab and went back to that guy getting hit by the brick. <laughs> nice. Um, how did you enjoy Velveteen's performance? He's amazing, man. He is. Triple H said right afterwards that it was like it was amazing how, what that guy's going to be. I mean, to think what that guy's going to be, but it's also amazing what he is now. He's only twenty three. Yeah. How'd you like him coming out as uh, Hollywood Hogan? I thought that a lo- I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, it was like interesting conversation. I think I got the I think that. I got the joke immediately, which was just that like it, he it's was Hollywood. in L.A., yeah. so he came out as Hollywood, and it was a cool, interesting you know look for him. Um, what do you think Hogan thought of that? He was he was just like like <laughs> you got my blessing, brother. Signed H H. Like that's what it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, I think that. I mean, I think that if that's his thing, we're at big events. He just does. He's just going to come out in amazing outfits, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you have to read too much more into it than that. Although it is, you know, I think there's part of him that's just he is he is a born troll in a lot of ways. You know, so yeah. I know a lot of people love Velveteen Dream. I think he's very good, but when he sells certain things, there's just a weird awkwardness that like he just looks a little like unathletic or something. I don't know if it's part of the gimmick. I think there's actually what? something there when he boom before when. When he was on, I don't remember if this is something that was said on Tough Enough, but I've heard it when because you know he he tried out on okay. the old reality show, right? Um, but I've heard people in recent years say that he has two left feet, like people inside WWE. There's something a so, little but off but he is like one of the most athletically gifted people in the entire company. But there is like a two, there's a little bit of two left feet underneath it all. Yeah, there's just like a weird flail, like it just something looks a little off. Like you ever play basketball with someone who doesn't really know how to play basketball and they're just like kind of in the wrong spot at times? Yeah, things. It's like that. I'm that guy. It's like yeah. But that usually helps. by in the wrong spot. Do you mean like standing off the court smoking a cigarette? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the but yes, it's uh, yeah. It, it, that is funny. He does have a little bit of something. There is a little. There is a little. But I, but in some ways, I think that that same element element makes it a little bit more like there's an antic energy to his performance. Whereas sometimes it's a little bit slow. Like it could feel like a little a little choreographed, not in a bad way. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's got a. He, there's a really obviously an incredible vibe to what he does. Yeah. He's um, I will caution all the all the dream heads out there. I think he's going to stay in NXT for a while. Yeah. Um, Having call me up Vince on his tights didn't work. I think it worked to get people talking about him. Yeah. I don't think it's in WWE's plan. I don't. I, this is just my guess. My guess would be not not after Mania in 2019, which which is going to feel like a really logical time. Yep. But we'll see. There's a long time between now and then. Um, but I, yeah, I think I think like you said, he's 23. Right. There was a great spot in that where I did he hit the elbow? He did. He hit something and uh, Champa rolled out uh-huh. of the ring. And as he was rolling out, Velveteen like hopped up to the top. Yeah. And tried to hit him from the top. Uh huh. Missed him. I like that to the outside. Yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, was that whole. Nice. I mean, like, it was quick. They had that was a great was the opposite of what I just said about him being awkward. That was a great example. I mean, that whole match was a great example of like the balance between calling it on the fly, sort of, and scripting. 
which uh, you know Triple H mentioned this week. Bill t- Bill met with Triple H. I was there. <laughs> we talked about how he tra- how they train people because he was talking about his, his son. Okay. And how he's going to be a wrestler. And Triple H was like, you know, some guys like to call it all in the ring. Some guys got to script the whole thing out be- ahead. And we're like, what do you do at NXT? Mm-hmm. And he's like, they got to do both. Oh, they do. Yeah. It's not all scripted anymore, but their promos are. It's like you got to be able to do it. It's like you got to learn. You, yeah, you, you know, you got to learn like calculus or like, algebra yeah. before you can like become a mathematician, even though you're using a computer. Yeah. Right. It's live entertainment. So, I mean, you can't just like restart in the middle of it. Some people do. You gotta Sometimes do. something goes wrong and people are just like frozen out there. Well, or even worse, if something bad happens. Yeah, an injury, you got to be able to yeah. flip it around. Um, Stone Cold with the small package on Owen Hart. Yeah. Or like or when, or like when up. Charlotte, when Charlotte put, um, what would she, would she put Becky or try to put Becky to the table last month? Was that just last month? Right. I know what you're talking about. That was, the table didn't break. yeah, was the yeah. The table didn't break and she went back up and did it again mm-hmm. and, or did with a, did a different move, but like, like some people would just fail and then they would just be like, move on. Or they would just stare at the referee awkwardly for 30 seconds, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or like some people have done before, pretend it happened. Pretend it worked. Right. Uh, it didn't work. Anyway, that was I thought that match was that match was stupendous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the big, I think that I mean, the the War Games match had some really cool stuff in it, including uh, Pete Dunne getting stuck in a cage. Yeah. Speaking of things not working immediately, I was worried that that lock wasn't going to work when he was trying to lock him in there. Bobby what do you fish. mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like took a little long and I'm like, oh, man, they should just like swing the camera around and let this guy, let the refs take care of this because it took him. It did take a like, minute. 15 seconds, yeah. I was like, get the camera off him. Just like do something else. Yeah. And then it probably worked better on TV when you're there in real life and then like they he throws the key away and then the referees just stand there for the next five mm-hmm. minutes or three minutes or whatever and don't do anything until the... Yeah, until the bell rang. Yeah, and whatever. then they're like, now we got to find it. Yeah, that didn't make sense either. Yeah. It was good otherwise. Um, also, it kind of looked like Pete Dunne probably could have just gotten out of the cage. Like, those bars were really set wide apart. Right. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a good match. I liked it. Uh, Ricochet's unbelievable. He's just so the, good. Just the air he gets. It's really like it's really crazy. Did I think I got Rowan is. Hansen messed up on the podcast last week. Hmm? For some reason, I feel like I got Roe and Hanson messed up on the podcast last week. Oh. Hanson and Roe. Was that the better way to say it? Of the War Raiders? Uh, but Hanson was great. He didn't do a 360 off the top of the cage, as I might have. I don't remember if I said that on the podcast or just to somebody at the show, but that was fantastic. The whole thing was really good. Um, good to see Bobby Fish back and kicking ass. I like him. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was really cool. The only weird thing... I mean, there was the... I like I like the I like the war game setup and I and I um I don't mind NXT having that in their bag of tricks. I don't know if we need to build to this every year. Yeah. Um but the weird one weird thing about it is it does it is weird for the live show because can't see. Well, we, they did the first match I guess in the in the ring closest to the entrance ramp and then I think they did the rest of the singles in the one closer to the announce tables. But like if when they were doing the one in the entrance ramp, imagine if you're sitting behind the announcers, you have to look like over a ring to see that match. Right. And then the other on the other side, because the ramps there, there's less people of a 
who have an obstructed view, but still, that's you're a long way from the ring. They don't alternate, and none of the matches went into both rings. I thought they. Mm-mm. Hmm. If anything, I would think in NXT they would. Well, one of them went to. That. I think was it Trump and Velveteen that went to the. They, they he used the metal between the rings. Oh right. Yeah. But I don't. But I don't think any of them like even accidentally spilled into the other ring. I could be wrong. Hmm. That's it's a little bit weird because that is a really cool visual though. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I loved it. I mean, I love so much of it. Speaking of, uh, then we, so speaking of uh, obstructed views, we had awesome seats at Survivor Series, but we were right by the entrance ramp. And between the camera crew and these new giant LED, not even new, but the giant LED ring post things, like you, we just couldn't see the middle of the, or I couldn't see the middle of the ring. Wow. So there were like that, like you could see that picture that you took of me. It's like the ring post and then my head. Right. Like I could, I could only see like half of Brock at that point. You know, if someone's like doing a headlock in the middle of the ring, I just couldn't see it. Hey, what are those ring posts? Like two feet wide? I mean, they're legitimately a foot, if probably more. Yeah. And they're very, very wide. Yeah, that's annoying. And they have cameras set up on the ring posts, they can which put is cameras weird. in there and then project on the outside. They should. What you're missing. Well, because so you, you can't like see that from where we were sitting, you know, when yeah. you're that close, which is, you know, a blessing. I mean, life's greatest treat to be that close to a wrestling match. Yeah. Don't, Listen, I'm, you I'm not complaining. Check um, but when you're that close, you can't see the Jumbotron either. So. Okay. At NXT, at NXT, we had really just, we were like a couple rows off the floor, Titus and I. Mm-hmm. Um, bleeds. Yeah. Yeah. But I love those the seats because we're right by the camera. So we're seeing things as it's supposed to be on TV. And like, you really get a good feel for everything. But you're also just two rows away from the tech crew. So you can just like right in front of us. There is, uh, you could, I mean, multiple tables, but each table would have like a monitor with four, with all with all three hard, like camera angles on it. And then the bottom right would be like what was on. Live, yeah. yeah, the live one. And that was really fun to watch. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you could also see the guy watching a football game. <laughs> really? There's always. Was that Bill? Was yeah, Bill, watching Bill was watching the game on like Sunday. Yeah. Um, no man, these guys, these like tech lifers, man, they they can multitask. Lord knows, I'm watching that. I'm watching Netflix right now as we're doing this podcast. So, <laughs> um, Outlaw King gets a solid C plus. The uh, so Survivor Series was. Uh, First of all, just for the hardcore nerds out there, this is the first time I've ever actually gone to an event with Bill mm-hmm. and gotten like really? the... I've sat with Bill. It's the first time I've ever arrived with Bill. Oh, okay. I didn't... I've never done the celebrity entrance to the Staples Center before. Oh, they have that? Yeah. Yeah? Like Red you carpet? Drive in to just like the underground parking garage. Cool. Where the WWE trucks are. Cool. You just like wander around backstage. Nice. And I saw catering for the first time. That's funny. Did you see? You, you would have think I would have done this with Rosenberg at some point or yeah. something. I just never have. Wow. Did you see Rosenberg back there? No, he didn't. He wasn't there. He was not LA. He was here. Hmm. Um, that asshole Skylar Aston was back there hobnobbing. Uh, I know. He probably wouldn't even talk about it. He's like, oh, no, I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh no this was it was fun you got to i mean i just kind of was fly on the wall i just kind of like hung back during all that stuff and then walked through to come out but it was it was really cool and just to see some people in their element any surprise celebrities you saw back there that you're like oh didn't know you were right o'shea jackson jr but we all know he's a fan right okay ice cube son yeah he was back there with his got his getting his belt signed by everybody like he's a diehard wow he came up to bill to tell him that the that Boston sucks, which is a real treat for everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Topanga, you said was there. 
Right. Well, so no, she was there on Saturday. Oh. Um, She's an NXT person. Not a... That is actually true. That's awesome. But yeah, so that was, yeah, I mean, it's, it, this was a low key celebrity weekend. Hmm. Um, but yeah. Dipperstein. Well, dip, celeb. The big celeb Dipperstein. Yeah. Jensen Karp, who is Topanga's husband, is a huge, I mean, former WWE writer, just oh, an really? old friend. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he's done a lot of things with his life. He's a, uh, he does TV now. He has a, he has an art gallery or had an art gallery. Yeah. He was, he was a rapper back in the day named Hot Carl. Yep. I recommend everybody look up Hot Carl on YouTube. Very, very worth it. He's an author. Yeah. Kanye West still owes me $300. Yes. I think is the name of his book. Um, he's just a great guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I met him back in the days of when I first started and all these like WWE former people were like, just like friendly on Twitter. Nice. Back before the internet became a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. And, uh, no. And, um, so anyway, I so say yeah, I saw them on Saturday. Then um, who else was there on Sunday? Oh, well, the one, there was one that I'd never figured out until afterwards. It turns out I was right. We were looking over and I was like, do you see those three girls in the orange wigs? And Bill was like, yeah. And I was like, I think one of them is Anna Paquin. And he was just like, what the hell? No. And then later, like the next day, it occurred to me, I looked at, I like Googled her Instagram and yeah, she was there. Like she, Apparently goes to the same CrossFit gym as Becky Lynch, and like she and two other oh, ladies so came out to support wigs. her. Oh, okay. Even though she wasn't wrestling. Yeah, well, they just wanted they had the tickets and the wigs at that point. <laughs> well, we got these wigs. We might as well do it. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't remember seeing anybody else. I'm sure there were some other people. The guy from uh, Psych, who's always there, was there. Hmm. What about Dog? Was he there for Dog? I don't think. I think Dog the out. Bounty Hunter just lives at the Four Seasons. <laughs> Nice. Good for him. Brother. Um, I was trying to take down ice dealers. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, it was it's it was fun overall. We got the nice seats and it's so Bill's, Bill's an amazing person. <laughs> um, so the show itself. I didn't watch any of the matches. <laughs> it was weird to be standing in the back. I was standing in the back and everyone was just like, when do you want to get like, when does the show start? And I'm like, there's TVs right there with a bunch of tag teams fighting. And like, yeah, nobody was, nobody was there for that. But that tag team match didn't actually count in the final tally of the night when they said Ross swept the pay-per-view. Ooh. They already touched, they touched on that. The new, the new day on, on Tuesday night had an incredible, they like were wearing a six or, or uh, Xavier was wearing a, a six and one shirt. That's great. And they were talking about how they were the, you know, kings of SmackDown or whatever. But um, there was that. I think starting the show, the the first mistake they made, and this is not going to be a list of WWE's mistakes, but the big mistake was not, they should have had Nia just come out first. Yeah. Nia Jax just opened the main show. Welcome to Survivor Series. She comes out, puts her fist up in the air, and just eats shit from <laughs> the crowd for like five minutes. That it could have been amazing. Phenomenal. Oh, when she came in out, person, was it as loud? I leaned over to Bill before it happened. I was That's like, crazy. "It's going to be really wild." See, interesting to see what kind of reaction Nia Jax gets. And I, but I did not predict. And then, like, she came out five seconds later, and the whole place was just like, Bah! Yeah, was that the loudest booze you've ever heard? Um, be up there, right? On TV, I mean, since it, I've on TV, it was strong. It's a, since that I've seen live for sure. Wow, that's something. Um, and you've seen. Stone Cold get a Dean Ambrose pop, so you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I was there. Yeah, no, it was. I don't. I mean, I'm sure there was probably something else that got crazy booze, but man, that was nuts. 
there's definitely more than like a then like Batista comes out at, at or Rey Mysterio comes out at number 30 at the Rumble like then people booed that or like Roman Reigns winning the Rumble yeah that got booze but that was not the Hogan, same kind of booze. when Hogan joined the NWO um, that's a big boo yeah yeah Hogan joined the NWO was crazy yeah but when like when Dean Ambrose turned heel a few weeks ago and we'll talk more about that in a minute because I guess it matters we care about that again now but the um, like that was the wildest reaction I've ever seen, but mostly because it was, there was a lot of silence like, and people were like genuinely dis- disgusted by the booking decision. You know, <laughs> they were like, please do not do this. Um, and it, that was crazy. But Nia Jax was the biggest heel in the company. Yeah, that was great. I mean, that was just heat. The people that, the fact that people cared that much, I know it's all because of Becky Lynch, but the people, the, the fact that, she was just, I mean, it wasn't a surprise that it happened, but the degree was surprising. So it was great having her win, though. I think it was, a, I think it was the right move. Mm-hmm. I would have rather, I mean, they should have just had her squash everybody. Right. Just punch Everyone. after punch. Yeah. Everybody, everybody p- comes up bleeding. Right. How great would that be? She should have come down during Charlotte and Ronda and punched both of them in the face, too, so no one else could. Be so cool. But you could tell they didn't really know it on Sunday. They knew to, like, she was prepared a little bit, but, like, if they had known the reaction she was going to get, they would have put her out for it. They they wouldn't, they either would have had... Or last. Yeah. But if they were going to, if they were determined to have her win, then they would have also let her come out first or, like, you know, they would have made that just the story of the night. Right. Um, They might have not had her win, but they, but clearly by Monday night, they, you know, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But overall, I thought that was a pretty good match. It's nice to see them. Maybe it's just because they had to figure out something to do with all but that many wrestlers in the ring at one time, but they seem to be telling sort of supplemental stories. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's the the Sasha Deville, Mandy Rose thing that's going on. I mean, there's a, there's, you know. They had Mandy Rose doing a lot there, mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, they were talking about um, during the match, I think Michael Cole said, like, Mandy Rose is the MVP of... Did I say Sasha Deville? Sonya Deville. Yeah. Um, she kicked out of a couple things, and I was surprised. Yeah, she's got she, a push I coming. she was going to be out in like 20 seconds. Is this the appropriate time since we're just, since we started talking about the show, to just say that it's uh, that them throughout the night wearing brand t shirts is once again the dumbest thing I've ever I, seen in my I life? I hate that so much. I was hoping you and I would both show up in two opposite red and blue <laughs> shirts today. I, but yeah, that's so annoying. Um, like, who cares? I know one. Do of they the, sell those shirts even? Huh? Do they sell those shirts? I didn't see them for sale. Yeah. So what's the point? Like, who cares? It's so crazy. Like, who cares? Like, wh- you know, like a, like a colored wristband would have done the job. Yeah, but do you really even need that? But that's the thing. And they're keeping score and everything. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you're if if the if the company were more concerned about what people and obviously they are deeply concerned about what people wear but if they were more like if they had more traditional traditional opinions about people's outfits like baby faces can't wear black or like you know whatever just uh you know baby faces can't have beards or you know if there were more dumb things like that then maybe this would be more understandable yeah this makes no sense color war and then they would like come out yeah, if they just had like a bracelet or like some weird accent, like your belt, like someone would have different things, or shoelaces, or do or boots. ante up some money and just get everybody really well-made versions of their actual outfits in those colors, right? Um, but not just, but t-shirt. not just like have to tie a t-shirt around the yeah, thing like you were already going to wear. That shirt, it's just 
when she was going it crazy, was really it was like all over the place well and then also the fact that Rhonda got just like a, she got it like artfully sewn into the back of her top so she mm-hmm. looked okay yeah but they all should have that like Seth had his half shirt half Seth looked dumb though I know but still at least how is it effort I just don't just understand how the shirt. same person who has you know who the, the same people who you know choose like choose people based on their physiques or so, are like so cool with just covering up the physiques. Oh, yeah, you're saying it's like almost materialistic or whatever. Just but that match, that match, which we were just like, we, I mean, it's the next thing was the craziest of them all because Seth, Seth's done the half and half shirt thing before. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, just come to the ring in that and take it off. Like, yeah. why is this so complicated? And Nakamura was wearing. He seemed to be wearing a blueberry, like, remember in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory where the girl turns into the blueberry? Yeah, Violet, you're turning Violet. Violet Violet. Beauregard? Yeah. Yeah. It looked like he was wearing, like, a Violet Beauregard Halloween costume uninflated underneath his shirt. Like, he was wearing blue pajama pants, and it wasn't just the pants were, like, a cheaper material than his normal fake leather thing, but he was also wearing a long sleeve shirt underneath his T-shirt? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe his luggage got lost on the way to... LA. Maybe he's like his skin. He has a skin allergy to like cotton poly blends or something. So he had to wear like a latex. I don't. The whole thing was weird, man. Yeah, that was a fun match. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Seth's awesome. Nakamura's awesome. There's yeah. all this. You know, now we're going to be talking about Nakamura's contract situation forever because he's he's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few rumors about him joining this p- potential new wrestling company, which I guess Ooh. we should talk about at the end of the show. Okay. Um, I imagine if he's going to go somewhere, it'd probably be back to Japan. Hmm. But yeah, that whole thing was very strange. Um, and also, I just don't, I would, and I, you know, I'm going to say right now, I didn't even like Seth wearing the half and half shirt. Yeah. Because that, that was an effort, I'm saying, rather than just a cut off. Yeah, but if he can wear half and half, why can't somebody else wear half and half? Or like, wear like a, they should do something. Um, just get rid of it. So stuff. At least for the authors of pain, I'm just skating through this card artfully. Mm-hmm. They wear T-shirts, so it was nice to see them. It seemed to they have that's you know the the baggy cut up T-shirt is sort of part of their look. Mm-hmm. Would have been better if it was black, but whatever. Their pants are now they're they're still camouflage, but they're darker. It seems like they're letting them go back to dark stuff now that the shield is not there to be copied anymore. Right. Seamus could have had like a blue mohawk mm. instead of the shirt. That's a good point. It's something. Still stupid, but something. Um, but in that match, that leads us to the highlight of the evening. The pants peeing? <laughs> no, but that's number two. Maybe that is number one. I was going to say Enzo. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> so Kyle and I went to get a get some food, and we got back to our God seats. It, Kyle. No, it's fine. I mean, I, I wanted to go, too. We just mm-hmm. like, you can't just sit there for four and a half hours or whatever. Yep. And... Um, no, but we got back just in time that we saw a commotion. Oh. Okay. And I, and, and I was like, what is, what's going on? And Bill was just like, oh yeah, Enzo's over there. And I was just like, apparently he'd been, the, the arena had known about it for a minute. Right. At least from where Bill was sitting. And I was like, not actually Enzo. Like, you mean there was somebody who's dressed as Enzo, like Pete, right. like whatever, causing a scene. And he Fading. was like, yeah. And he was like, no, I don't know. I think that, I think that was, but maybe you're right. And so I get on Twitter. I was like, nope, that's Enzo. Yeah. And I looked up just in time to see him get yanked out. Like I, I just saw, I said that the story out of order. He was like, when Bill was like, is that, that's Enzo. And I was like, no, it's not. And I looked up and immediately you see a white blur where his like bleached hair is like 
running. He looks like he like ran across two chairs and then got yanked onto the floor. Yeah. Um, but I watched the video. He actually just got pulled, and I think he like kind of turned that into a run. Yeah, it was He's very strange. Um, and sad. <laughs> yeah. Here's the here's what here's what I make of all this. Him getting kicked off the plane was one million percent on purpose. You think? Yes. It's all just for the album. Yes. Okay. He knew somebody at TMZ, and they were like, "If you get thrown off of a plane, it will make TMZ." Okay. And so he got himself, and they were like, "Here's what you do: you just vape and refuse to stop, and they will put they will return you to the to the uh, gate, and nothing. And then at that point, apologize, and it'll all be fine." Well, that's that was my next question: Was he already in LA, and he got kicked off on purpose? Like, can you fly if you just got kicked off a plane the day before? I feel like they shouldn't let you. Because if he was question. kicked off already in L.A., then that was all planned. By the uh, way, did you see his disguise in the meantime? Yeah, it was fantastic. Goddamn that wig. hilarious. That's another good Halloween costume. Enzo um, in disguise. Then you just rip it off and you have another Enzo costume on underneath it and you start screaming and then you get removed from whatever party you're at. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, he. Uh, I don't know what order these things happened in. He's calling himself apparently NZO now, which is like it was like an NWO logo. Yeah. Um. Um. It looks like that flight he was booted off was from JFK to LAX. Yeah, so he so he did have to. It wasn't just a totally fake setup. I know because that would have been. But anyway, he got his attention, and then uh, he tried to get some more attention on Sunday night. Uh, yeah. Didn't he perform Monday night at the whiskey? Yeah. Did anybody go? It was kind of a small turnout, I believe. Really? Yeah. I listened to a little bit of the song. I, I listened. Nephew list- Kyle was there. <laughs> uh, I listened to some of his songs. I also listened to R Truth's new song. Oh yeah. It's called like Good. "Going Hard" or something. Okay. Is that about Liv Morgan? Also. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, I will say that the that hip hop. At least we've gotten to the point where like not non elite rappers can get like producers that seem sort of that not elite, but mm-hmm. elite. It's not these guys aren't these guys aren't using like keyboards with like a drum machine on it. <laughs> yeah, the MIDI like the loop. Um, yeah, it's all right. That's all right. I'm sure Rosenberg has opinions on these songs, so I'll, I'll leave that to the professionals. I tried to get Micah Peters to do a whole thing about it, but he wouldn't. Uh, and that's good move by him. You should get Kyle. Kyle's good. That's true. Kyle is good. Kyle's a good rapper. I know. It's crazy. And he could sing. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Who would you compare his voice to? Like an Aiden English? Freddie Mercury. That's fantastic. Um, Check him out. At I will Tom say the three hundred. I'm gonna. I'm just going to spend the night listing the things that Bill was distracted by. <laughs> Daniel Bryan getting thrown on his head. Um, one of them was certainly that the Big Show seemed to not be able to walk. Well, he got into the ring on Tuesday, which is kind of wild. I thought that this was that he was just fully. You know, I mean, if you got to put when you're at the point where you're just putting on multiple knee braces just to come to the ring. I mean, I guess that's part of his gear. It's not like he's. Un- incapable of moving but mm-hmm. um we don't we never really figured out why he's back paycheck i don't know it's on contract he can be he like kind of retired for a while and then i thought he was i think we were joking that he was just coming back for the saudi arabia show 
but he's still around. Yeah. Maybe he just likes life on the road. He just needs to. A like, lot of guys do. What if he just needs to flip heel face, whatever, several more times, and then he owns the record? Who's done it the most ever? He has to be the winner. Yeah. Maybe he's just trying to put it out of reach for anyone. He's the Cal Ripken of uh, heel turns. I mean, him or. Yeah, I mean, he, he's done it more than like Vince. Flair. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, right? Who else goes back and forth that much? I mean, Vince like comes out and gets a pop and then he'll be booed by the end of the segment like every time. I don't know if that counts as a turn. Anyway, um, a lot of people assumed that Enzo was trying to come out, was trying to make his scene during the cruiserweight match, but didn't make it that far because he got spotted. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Because the cruiserweight match was next. Interesting. Um, but yeah, Enzo getting Enzo getting tossed out was pretty crazy. Great. Do you think he'll be back in the WWE? No, never. No, not after that. You don't think Vince like that? I think there's a few things you don't fuck with, and one of them is like that like a multi million dollar television show. Yeah, and the guys are performing in the ring till you're taken away from them. Mm-hmm. And if he had just gotten thrown out, like he got spotted and asked to leave, I think that would have been fine. But to get up on your chair and cause a scene. Would they have asked him to leave if he was just sitting there watching it? Or would he say, yeah, I, yeah, had, yeah. I bought a ticket like Scott Hall in W. Right. If there's one thing we've learned, we were joking about that all night. It's that, is that like, hey, he's bought a ticket. He's allowed to yeah. be there. Yeah. No, I think, I think the presence of Enzo Amore in the crowd is as, a, is as problematic as like someone holding up a sign. And I think they would just tell him to leave. Right. Give him his money back, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, although that woman that took him down, she should, she's, that was impressive. Yeah. Right. Yanked him, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, that, so that match was a lot of fun. Ended up with Drake Maverick peeing his pants. It seemed like they kind of botched that a little bit. He didn't quite pee as much as he should have. He was like looking for his little balloon or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's that was funny. just, that was sort of dumb. <laughs> Did you like the peeing scene? Of. Yeah. You're into pee jokes. I watched it like four times. After that was the Cruiserweight match, which I just mentioned, which might have been the match of the night, man. Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali were just incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a lot to say about it, but man, that was really good. Bill was distracted by how big Buddy Murphy was, though. Really? That was the thing Bill was distracted about during Hired that match. Or just jacked. Jacked. Yeah. He was like, he seems like he's more than 205 pounds. And I was like, yeah, well, they have to make weight. And then they put the weight back on. Uh, of course, yeah. They do have actual weigh ins for that. No, like, yeah, no, they, I mean, not real, but they have a, like, they did a weigh in segment. Like, when, when, Shoot and like, scales? like the way that Raw has contract signings, they'll do like a weigh in segment. Yeah. Are they real scales, though? I have no idea. Gimmicking scales seems kind of difficult. I think part of the answer is that none of these guys are 205 pounds. Right. Like, Buddy Murphy could be 205 pounds. Mm hmm. The other half of that equation is that Mustafa Ali is like 163 pounds. Right. They have him listed on Wikipedia, Buddy Murphy, 5'11", 203 pounds. Yeah, I think that's work. I think 5'11 is a work, too. 5'11 a work, too, though. <laughs> yeah. um, he's not super short, but he's not tall. He's not a tall guy. Yeah. Um, he might be tall for, like, the Undisputed Era, but he's not tall for being a wrestler. Um, anyway, that match is really good. By the way, the Bill mentioned Bill did mention on this podcast the overall just the, the number one distracting thing of the night was the D bag sitting behind us who was just making it was just making a scene the whole time. Did you listen to this? No. Did we talk about it at all? 
No. There's a guy like two rows behind us who was just this total piece of work. We all thought he was there alone, but I saw him later on at the restaurant next to the place, like eating with two friends. Now, I don't know if those were just friends who like were watching at home, and that totally could have been the case, or if those are people he was with. I hope whoever this guy's friends are are second guessing being his friends at this point. But he was just this like he just seemed real high. Okay. Or drunk and not couldn't hold it or something. But he was just like on the entrance ramp. It's like this guy just spent like six months of his personal income on getting the seat like right next to the entrance ramp. Mm-hmm. But instead of like enjoying the show, this dude was like had like long ass black hair, like greasy hair, like a motorcycle jacket. Oh no, it was a Finn Balor leather jacket. Okay. Wrestling shirt, but like kind of had that like stoner heavy metal look to him. But he spent the, instead of just like loving the fact that he had a great seat, he spent the entire night standing up on, and on his cell phone so that like his friends on the other end could tell him if they could see if they saw him on TV. That's annoying. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yep. People do this all the time, but I it was know. like, and people were, and that. the people behind him were just screaming at him to sit down and he just wouldn't pay it. He was just on the phone. So like he quote unquote couldn't hear. Can you guys see me? I'm in front of the people who are yelling at me to sit down. Yeah. And the f- guards who were right in front of us were just like, like you know every five minutes we're like sir sir and like he would ignore them and so somebody sitting next to him had to be like wave their hand in front of his face point over the guards so the guards could be like sit the f down Mm -hmm. and then he would sit down and he was just like talking shit the whole time (laughs) starting starting bad chance Hmm. um was he the ronda rousey the the weird the funniest thing about it was it turned that guy was dog the bounty hunter (laughs) (laughs) right i'm just kidding um but ronda rousey after her match when she was walking up the ramp kind of by you guys like she was maybe up to the fourth row she looked at someone in the crowd and said you're not a man what was that oh yeah i don't think that i saw that i only saw that clip yeah what who was she talking to was that you that was we'll get to that match. Well, no, we already talked about that match. But that exit was matter. that exit was really weird. Meltzer said, I think it was Meltzer that said during the match said, um, or right after the match, they tried to get Ronda sympathy. Mm-hmm. It backfired, and she was visibly upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I reacted. I think I, I don't think I tweeted this or anything because why, why would I be tweeting? But the but I was like, yeah, all those things could be like true on paper but it doesn't mean that like that they were all shocked by this like wwe knew that was the reaction that was probably going to happen or that was that was a strong that was a possibility yeah these are the rousey might have been upset but rousey wasn't like someone told her that they might boo you before she went out there yeah so specifically saying you're not a man to someone in the crowd did someone just say you're not the man referring to becky lynch yeah she was reacting to something that someone said I was just hoping it was you. She was yelling at. Yeah. I did. I was saying some really inappropriate stuff to her. Like, well, you were just saying, I'm going to run to the men's room. And then she just said, you're not a man. <laughs> yeah. Just took time. You're not a man. You, so you're going to the wrong room? Is that the implication? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be great, man. I would take, if I could have a, a pass from Ronda Rousey to use the women's room or wrestling events, I would be happy, man. That my, I would wait so much less time for a bathroom. <laughs> anyway, men's Survivor Series match. Team Raw wins. Of course, they won everything except for the tag match. Um, Strowman, McIntyre, Lashley won. The big fallout, though, is that we're setting up this sort of evil trio of Corbin, Lashley, and McIntyre against Strowman moving forward. We saw in Raw, they like attacked him and smushed his arm underneath a 
the ring steps and he was bleeding all over the place. And my first question here is like, do you think Dolph Ziggler feels left out because he's not part of like the teal, the heel super team anymore? Probably. And his buddy drew is like, they're still friends. Right. Yeah. So we're, so like apparently Lashley, I mean, Braun Strowman really needs some arm, an arm scope, an elbow scope or something like that. So he's going to be out and may not even make it back for TLC. Somebody said, like they set up a match between him and Corbin at TLC and if Braun wins then he gets to fight Lesnar at, at the Rumble if Corbin loses then he loses the general managership mm-hmm. which continuing with the news drops uh, leads some people to theorize that Alexa Bliss might get that job if he loses it because Alexa Bliss has not been cleared to resume wrestling mm. these concussions um, I have a nerdy question for um being in the arena mm-hmm. for that match. When it yes, ended. we get free everything. There's yeah. massages. The whole. Oh, sorry. What? No, I was going to ask, um, when they announced the winners of that match, which was Braun, Lashley, and who, Drew McIntyre, uh-huh. they announced them as the sole survivors. Mm-hmm. And did that piss anyone else off? They've always they said them. that. But they're not sole survivors. If survivors I know, I know, but one. since the beginning of, or the second, whatever, Survivor Series, that was always the thing. Anyway... Uh, that was fun. That match was that match was fine. Mm-hmm. The Shane McMahon stuff was the best part of it by far. And Miz like trying to get him to do it over and over again. It, it seems like they're sort of put now. They're making now that Daniel Bryan is the champion and Daniel the Daniel Bryan Miz like frenemies storyline. They look like they were starting. Is it going to happen? It feels like maybe they put Shane into that position because mm-hmm. on Tuesday Shane and Miz were doing started doing a little thing together. I wouldn't mind Shane and Miz having like a WrestleMania match. That could be fun if that's where this whole thing would be leading. Um, and then we talked about the main events. Um, Rousey and Flair. Um, we talked about Brock and, and Daniel Bryan. It is worth mentioning, though, that because we were just talking about Alexa Bliss not coming out, that this is, I mean, the, the problem that, that Becky Lynch had, the reason why she didn't, couldn't wrestle was a, br- a broken face and concussions. Um, the concussion thing is the one, and you, and you were talking about Daniel Bryan getting thrown on his head too earlier. Yeah. Concussions are the one thing that WWE can't kayfabe. I know. Um, it's, it's very strange that they won't do that, but I mean, we, we think we talked about it some last week or the week before, but that, you know, Kevin Owens gets a knee injury and they turn it into a storyline and make it look like Bobby Lashley broke his knee in half. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's the right, it's the right part of the body. And what they're doing, Braun. Yeah. And Braun too. Yeah. Perfect example. Right. Um, But yeah, when somebody gets their head hurt, then we just got to pretend we got to take this gravely seriously and we can't kayfabe it we can't make work it into a storyline until he faces Brock and he gets dropped on his head a bunch of times they did that in the ring but that wasn't like I know then were the announcers saying anything I, yeah like I think they were kind of concerned like he's had a million it, it, concussions yeah, what if Paige comes back and then they just give her like five pile drivers and they're like uh this might be a bad idea that'd be fantastic I wish they would do it <laughs> okay. um but yeah so anyway there's there's a you know that was the that's what Becky Lynch is dealing with and she'll continue to deal with. I think that the bigger question is whether or not she has a what her role is gonna be. Cause they are straight up I mean, you saw it coming out of coming out of Survivor series, Ronda Rousey said, 
this isn't over between you and me, Charlotte Flair. Clearly the booking was that so that it wouldn't be over. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are theorizing we're going to do a four horse women versus four horse women thing at WrestleMania. That's lame. I think it would be hard to imagine them doing that only because I think that's, a, I think there's a, that's a great match, but not I think, WrestleMania. huh? Not at they, they don't have long enough to build up Ronda's posse. I don't know how much you need to build them up, but also I think that having, ha- putting the women in the main event at WrestleMania in the final match spot is a real, that it might not happen, but I think that's a real possibility. And I just don't think you do four on four yeah, in the main exactly. event spot. I think whatever it is, even if it's a three-way match with Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky, I think clearly, you know, for if it's going to be the main event, they would rather it be a two a one-on-one match. But but I think that that they want to keep that match in the running for the main event, and so that'll be decided down the road. But so they got to be booking towards a one-on-one match and maybe a three-way. Anyway. Mm-hmm. That's all inside baseball junk there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll. I think that, you know, hopefully Becky's back soon and we get the return of... I'll say this. Last insider, insider thing. Everybody, everybody who worked with WWE uh, was across the board uh, that I talked to this weekend, across the board, was either... I mean, was openly talking about how Becky was the biggest star in the company. Now, there's caveats. Um, there might be a ceiling on you know how big she can get, given the way the company's built, and I think you know there's some internal feelings about that too. But um, I'm the man. Shirts were selling more than anything else. I mean, that's just anecdotal, but I saw those shirts were flying off the shelf way more than anything else on Sunday. Maybe that's why Rhonda said that to that guy. Some guy was just wearing that shirt. Oh yeah. 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 I assumed it was a reference to that. But anyway, um, yeah, but I mean, so many people were buying those shirts. I mean, and it's just, she's, she's the top, she's number one. And I think if they try to do a thing where they like give her a second billing, because if they try to like out storyline this shit, it's going to be a problem. But I don't think they're going to. I'm going to be hopeful right now. One, My hope they, spot of the week. Have screwed anything up? Come on. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> Your hope spot of the week. Well, I think my hope spot of the week, and this is a little bit backhanded though, was that seeing Charlotte getting cheered was nice after everything she's been through. There's nothing, nothing. That, that like speaks to the weirdness of wrestling crowds in 2018 better than the last couple of months of Charlotte Flair. Interesting. She was getting shit on. I mean, just straight up destroyed because, because she was fighting Becky Lynch. Like she was perceived to be the John Cena, the Roman Reigns of women's wrestling mm-hmm. until she came face to face with, with Ronda Rousey, at which point she got to be the fan favorite underdog who was getting thank you Charlotte Chance for destroying Rondo with a kendo stick and a chair. Mm-hmm. There's no, here's the thing. Th- this will be my, this is just my overarching feeling about this. Face, being faces and being heels is, is clearly less meaningful than it ever was before. And this, I mean, our main event, our main event was, you know, a he, two heels fighting each other. Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan. There were a lot of heels, you know, and there's a lot of people in that, in that column right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of feel like being the company anointed, the, the company favorite and being the fan favorite are like the two new face and heels. Yeah. 
because the way that Charlotte was treated, just like it just explodes all of our expectations. Right. Like that she got so much credit from the crowd, even though they were, everybody was booing her so recently. Yeah. I disagree with you with faces and heels though. I feel like just because the person gets cheered, it doesn't make them a face to me. Well, I that's think it's what more about like what your morale like. Yes, you're right. You're uh, you're talking, your but you're talking about in storyline, and that's ethics. yes, yeah, totally true. The yeah, the way that you can tell someone's the heel is if they hit people in the balls. Right, but um, that's the number one rule. Uh, except unless you're the that's Undertaker. In the definition. Unless you're the Undertaker. Anyway, Heel. um, balls. But just in terms, of, but but in wrestling, the definition was almost always th- that followed the, your true. your morality followed. But the but the definition is what how the crowd if the crowd likes you or not. Yeah, I guess. But that that comes from an era where the crowd followed along, sort yeah. of. You know, they Stone they did what you expected them to do. Right. Um, Stone Cold never hit anybody in the balls. Yeah. Anyway, there was Raw, and there was SmackDown, and very little I think mattered. Um, big. The only big news. I mean, there's some big news outside the ring. Cody Rhodes, the biggest, though, is that this this theoretical all-in wrestling company might be happening. A very attentive Reddit user noticed that Chad Khan, the, the guy who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, has has he was one he was one of the sources of money that was mentioned for all the sort of being elite, being the elite wrestling company. Um, the guy, you know, for the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. There was t- rumor that Jericho and JR were involved and Barry Bloom, the, the, the age-old wrestling attorney. Um, but yeah, this thing might really be happening. If, any, if anything, what we know is that there's a lot of trademarks that have been filed. Um, one of them is a graphic for that says All In without printed over the word N and AEW up top. So that's for All Elite Wrestling. So yeah, I think that... Uh, I think that this is this is very compelling information. I just I, my, my question is just how much of a, of a company is it? Because if they're not running, every, I mean, I watched all in. And I liked it, and it's nice to have something different. Yeah, it, it's and totally competition. Nice. I mean, that'll no, no, that's huge. It probably still won't really, really compete with the WWE, but it's well. That's the thing breeds. we're talking about Silas Young and these guys. Like the, what they what they have to compete with is not just for eyeballs on TV. What they have to figure out is a way to pay somebody more than WWE is going to pay them. At least, yeah, that's. Not I mean, and they're not, and we're not, and not just the top. They got to convince guys to not take, to not take guaranteed money, even like low, relatively low guaranteed money for that NXT lifestyle. You know, right? They need to sign Enzo. That'd be terrible. Maybe they just have him do the theme song. Yeah. Or they should just sign him up. They should just have him come and like crash the show every, just sit in the audience every week, but not do anything. Nice. Um, it's definitely something to watch because I love all those guys and, and um, you know, people are already theorizing that's where someone like Nakamura might go. I don't think there's any way they could get AJ, but that's a great, but I think there's been some room. I think AJ is allowing that tease to continue because mm-hmm. it's a good negotiating ploy. Exactly. And there's some idea that they might have a show either uh, on April 1st, which would be right before WrestleMania, a week before WrestleMania or something like that. It's also April Fool's Day. So it could be a joke. Or it also could be January 4th, I guess, mm-hmm. depending on in what continent they made this reservation. <laughs> but yeah, AE Wrestling. All elite. Oh, yeah. Should we just go ahead and start making knockoff shirts right now? Yeah, we should. 
Um, no, I think I'm, I, I hope that they get it done. I hope it'll happen fun. I mean, it'll happen, happen soon. I th- hope it'll be fun for everybody. I think that, yeah, WWE needs some competition. It would be great if they figured it out. Absolutely. Uh, it sucks because now our wrestling company is probably not going to get the traction that we had hoped for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ter- it turns out less elite wrestling was a bad name. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Jim, thank you for sitting here. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy gobbledygooker day. Mm. And uh, apologies, as always, to Dean Ambrose. Apologies especially for not really talking about the 45 minutes of Raw that you occupied this week. But... Well, many more weeks to talk about that. You're fighting at uh, TLC. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 